Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping, obviously, uh, we are looking for your support. But before we get there, I want to thank everybody who came along on Thursday evening to the Sugar Club for what was a special evening on stage. Uh, suffice to say, it was an honour to hear Shane Core, in his own words, explain his experience tell his story about being a whistleblower within the civil service. Everybody who was there was blown away by his courage. And I will have that conversation out for you guys as quickly as I can. If you're a patron, I'm working on it right now. It's it's on the screen, so the audio is rendering for the first time. And you'll be able to get it on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack as quickly as I can turn it around. If you're not a member, please join us. It's the easiest bit of activism you can do every month. It's a couple of quid to you, but it's mics on and conversations like the one you're about to hear about what is the most important general election taking place in Europe, probably this year anywhere, because Spain is going to the polls and we're looking at fascists being in power. I don't need to go on too much about it because Owen Gilmartin, who you're about to hear from, breaks it down really well on what's at stake. Please give it a listen and then keep an eye on the polls this Sunday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Please join us. It's one more time. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise The link is at the top of the podcast that you're listening to right now. I'm going to stop rabbiting on. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And today we're doing a special podcast with Tony Groves, a producer of Reboot and also the host of the Echo Chamber podcast on the issue of uh, doctors, healthcare workers in not being able to access accommodation and how the housing crisis is impacting on the health system. And we've covered this already in the podcast. We spoke to nurses very recently at the INMO conference, and we're talking now to um, we have four doctors here with us. So it's going to be really interesting and looking forward to five doctors. Let me include you, Rory, by the well, way. Yeah, yeah. They're real doctors. I'm only an academic doctor. Um, the the one I'm the one where they go there's a doctor on the plane. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> the uh, the in terms of the housing crisis and in a week when the T-shock of this country tried to blame people who were in homelessness for being homeless by saying they had turned down social housing and they were it was you know people are homeless because of family breakdown really disgraceful attempts to get attention away from the cause of the housing crisis which is their failure to build public housing and to actually control rents and put in place protections for landlords. But something that I've looked at and written about and I'm very interested in and spoken about it, we've spoken at length to this podcast, is the impact of housing on health and people individually and how this, it, it really is sad, as Tony was saying earlier, that the people who we rely on for our health system and can't get housing themselves. And we're going to talk now. I'm going to go first to Dr. Licker or Raymond. Can, can, I, can I come in for a moment before we start, Rory? I just want Absolutely. to say, let's start on the positive. Um, listeners to the podcast will be well aware of Dr. Liga or Rachman over the last little while and his colleagues who they've campaigned successfully for uh, what we call the fast track of, St- of Stamp 4 to help people get their, um, uh, how do I get this, get their status, sit, get their status as as Irish um, citizens or 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 people who who work and contribute and live here and are our our brothers and sisters resolved and I know Dr Ali Raza is here as uh, Ansari is here and I know many of you has have actually gone through that process and it has come out the other end so congratulations to you and I'm going to congratulate you Dr Rachman for all the work you did on it absolutely I second that completely Dr Rahman over to you. Uh, I thank you so much, Tony and uh, Rory, um, and all the people who are joined today. Very important matter and uh, drastic issue, I will say, nowadays, accommodation crisis. Uh, I agree that uh, um, different uh, opinions and, uh, uh, you know, piece of information is circulating that accommodation crisis is because of homelessness and this and that, social issues. but. No- no one has looked at uh, how it is individually impacting different skilled and professionals, especially the international community, the international doctors, international healthcare workers. I just uh, mind the fact that uh, uh, there are thousands of uh, international healthcare workers uh, working in Ireland and almost 50% of this health system 
and they're contributing uh, to the economy and to the healthcare setups. And uh, they mostly relocate with the families. They have a children and families and uh, they come from other country. And also um, uh, there's a, a bit of division between uh, trainee doctors and non-trainee doctors. And in Irish health system, unfortunately, more than 90% of the international doctors, they are non-trainee doctors. I'm telling the fact because uh, non-trainee doctors, they have to relocate every six months. They have to secure a contract in this country. So you might be uh, in a in a southeast, in a wax road, and the next six-month rotation, you will be in the latter canny north up. So you never know. And uh, uh, this is the most drastic thing that is uh, the accommodation crisis is impacting on them, on their families at the moment. Uh, I just want to come in and say one point for the benefit of listeners who aren't aware of what you mean. There's also a two-tier system there. So you have doctors who come through, say, the Irish system, for want of a better term, and they're they're applicable to to apply for certain roles that 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 um, you and your colleagues aren't. Like you're 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 like the locums that fill the gaps, and uh, other people can apply for roles that 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 they can train up in and and go to. Whereas you're told to go somewhere else to plug a gap. I'm I'm correct about that. Absolutely, exactly. I'll tell you that uh, a brief dis- uh, distinction or a difference between trainee doctors and non-trainee doctors, and uh, and how it impacts the trainee doctors. They secure a training post and they secure a contract which might be two years or five years and they know their rotations and they select their rotation themselves according to the suitable, you know, um, uh, home or house or accommodation they select and they get it. And they know already that where they will be in next year or two. So they can plan easily where they can, uh, you know, uh, fix their accommodation beforehand. And uh, apart from that, when they relocate, uh, they are being provided a full support by the training body in sense of relocation, accommodation of hotel uh, nights and thousand euros. And uh, so they have nothing to do. Uh, they are well supported and they know in hand, in beforehand, that where they are going. So they can sort out the things beforehand. As compared to the non-trainees who don't know where they will be in the next six months and they are not supported, zero support. They're not financially supported. They're not uh, supported by the hospital for getting any accommodation. So this is the difference that has created, um, uh, you know, um, very long lasting impact. And, uh, you know, and uh, this is one of the major driving force towards the brain drain of uh, the doctor's community, especially international doctor's community to the neighboring health system, parallel health system. I tell you very little thing about I went to explore the Northern Ireland health system uh, as a locum doctor recently, just to see like how it works. And honestly speaking, even I go for one night, they give me accommodation. I go for a week, they give me accommodation. And they assist me for accommodation. So it is just Northern Ireland, just across, you know, um, and half an hour, one hour drive from Dublin. So completely different system exists over there if I compare to the Ireland. And it's very unfortunate for me to to see this kind of you know difference between these two um, things. Um, and and just in terms of your own, where you're working at the moment yourself, you're you were saying you're in the coom, and you know how would you see that impacting that that housing crisis impacting on? I assume it's not just you in the coom, but other doctors and nurses as well. Would you talk about it? Oh. Um, I definitely, uh, I'm running a few of the organizations and my colleagues as well. And we are in contact of thousands of doctors. um, And we have set up a few support groups among the doctors who can, you know, share the accommodations. And we can see the frustration, you know, Uh, people literally begging. And in this changeover, especially, they are literally homeless. Still, they haven't sorted anything. So they're sharing with their friends somewhere in the hospital or somewhere in the cars there. Their, their luggage in the car and this is happening this this changeover and uh, um, I have no solution to offer them I literally have no solution to offer them so we, have what doctors, we, what we, we have doctors sleeping in their cars literally or living out, out of their cars out of the, yeah so uh, they are doing their duties and they're struggling to find accommodation and the rooms and even the BNBs are not available in the smaller towns so and I know one of the doctors, she relocated, she had three children 
and she lived in a very small room for a month and she couldn't cope and then she left the job she went back to her country because she did, couldn't get any accommodation at all and hospital didn't uh, assist her at all so it's very unfortunate uh, literally very well, unfortunate well, we, ha- we we know we've a major issue of you know the lack of doctors in this country and the need for more and we've you know their chill new hospitals opening and you know where are they going to get their staff from um i'll come back to you dr remond thank you for that really sets a clear output in terms of the impact then and people's own stories i don't know who would like to go next maybe uh, dr ansari maybe or dr anam i suppose we'll start from dr ansari because he's been impacted from it more recently as compared to mine so we we'll- Perfect. Absolutely. Let's like let's go with it, Dr. Ansari. But then I'd love to hear everybody's uh, shared experiences. But uh, Dr. Ansari, you started this because you posted a tweet and said, "Homeless again." Here we go. Here we go again. And you put a pictures of everything in your boxes again and where we were. So, let, so if you could, wouldn't mind uh, unmuting and, and letting listeners know about your own, um, what we would call the life of someone who has uh, living. Um, uh, insecure accommodation wise and insecure and a rambling employment status so if you wouldn't mind dr ali thank you so much we need you to unmute i suppose yeah dr ali uh, i'm sorry if you could un- unmute please hello hi everyone i'm sorry uh thanks uh tony and thanks rory uh for giving me time uh, to explain the what actually happened with me and thanks for making me smile after maybe four or five days this is the first time that i probably smile <laughs> because in the last four or five days i've been struggling and uh, it's so it's so frustrating at the moment that um, so what happened actually is my last job uh, that was uh, in uh, valinas low in galway uh that my my job ended up there on the 10th of uh, supposed to end up then and the 9th of july and the accommodation that where i was living there i was supposed to leave because it was myself uh uh my friend of mine has contacted me who was coming there in balinaslo and asked me if i could take your accommodation there because you are moving and i obviously i wasn't staying there so i agreed to and i asked my uh, my landlady and she agreed so fortunately we're having the problem there with uh, uh dr ali azansari's uh, line maybe um i'm sorry but maybe anum if we could go so, to you so over the period of the last uh, two months i have been trying my best to sort out the accommodation uh, i was keep looking at the draft and i kept emailing if if like if you can see my email uh like it's from top to bottom there will be the uh all the emails will be regarding queries of accommodation on from which i uh, a couple of emails that i got back um uh, the reply the reply that they got back was uh so one of them said that uh, you can only get accommodation if you're going to live here for one year so uh if you're uh, if you are planning to stay for less than a year i'm not going to offer you accommodation so but my contract here in this hospital was only for four months and i had to move back there is no mean like there's no way that i can stay here for a year so i missed that another accommodation that i uh a reply that i got um, was that uh this not actually this is not a room this is uh, a bathroom turned into a room oh god so <laughs> so hang was, on so, uh, so so you've had you've had someone tell you because your work like you're a professional you're a doctor and but because your work is as of a temporary contract basis on the basis of how long you might be somewhere you're not you can't live in you can't move to this um this type of tenancy agreement and then on the flip side the one that's available is basically someone put a someone put a bed in a to- in a bathroom yeah so he put the toilet out and uh, is one of my acquaintance there and he said that if you are struggling i have one option and it's actually a bathroom turned into a room 
the the, the landlord has put the commode out of it and it's closed and uh, if you can put them i said oh my god it's better to stay in my car than living in the bathroom you know so and then i keep trying everywhere and uh uh couldn't find anything and i i still remember when i was leaving the old old accommodation in valinesto and i was literally in the middle of nowhere uh i kept calling my friends on on the way to port leach where my next job was uh well thankfully one of my friend has offered me accommodation and uh, i uh, i'm living here at the moment with it's uh, it's close to nate and i have to travel like uh, the the reason that i i came back late because i finished a uh, clinic i was in clinic today and i finished at half 6 and it was in tulamore and it's probably 70 kilometers from here and it it takes me one hour and uh, almost one hour and 10 15 minutes to come here and that's how i travel all day uh with all my luggage is in my car i don't have any space to put my luggage in the car because i always i already feel burden on my friend who has offered me accommodation that not actually an accommodation because it always he's already living in a room so it's actually the mattress uh, or some so so so, so rory rory tell 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 dr ali this fact he is technically homeless yes absolutely and, and in other countries like Denmark and places like that he would be officially classed as homeless if you don't have somewhere that you can reside where you have your own tenancy yeah. agreement and you're yeah. not there you know by choice then you're you know you're homeless you're a part of what we would call here the hidden homeless because we yeah. only we only count those who are homeless here if you're in emergency accommodation um yeah. but not as in your situation which you clearly are because you know you're not in a stable place you're not in somewhere that's secure and you're relying on the goodwill of your friend yeah. for a home well actually technically uh, if I, i if i wasn't uh, interviewing if i wasn't giving you wasn't speaking to you today i was probably staying in my car because i tried to come as late as possible uh, because i know this is not my accommodation i don't want to be a burden on him so i tried to come in his home as late as possible uh it can't cook here uh i i eat from anywhere outside uh on in my car i bring the food i take the food from the shop I bring it in my car um have a little bit of rest here in my car there's no actually there's no space in my car either my the whole everything on the, all the back seats and the boot is full of luggage i i can't keep it anywhere i'm traveling like with the whole of luggage every morning i travel for like 70 kilometers from here kula more uh come back with all my luggage uh again with the uh and doctor ansari could you just tell me in terms of your in terms of your work you're providing you know an essential public service for this country what like for example tell you know in terms of what you did today and what your role is could you let us know what you're trying to do alongside you know being homeless Yeah, so I'm actually. Uh, I so far it's my uh, third year in Ireland, and I was working as a pediatric doctor before this job. That's actually started like four days ago. I was a pediatrician. I worked in three hospitals in Ireland. I worked in Wexford. I worked in Dublin. I worked in for uh, uh, Singula Hospital. Uh, I worked as a pediatric doctor. Uh, now. Uh, I've been successful uh, among 285 candidates. That's actually a competition all around the world. Candidates all around the world compete for this post. Uh, ICGP offers 285 seats, and I was luckily successful to get one of the training posts, and for which like it's a lot of lots of struggle that I suffered and to, uh, the huge backlog. uh there were 45 teams like in 16 patients uh on one day i started around 9 and i finished at half 6 i think this can explain that yeah least. yeah if you don't mind doctor doctor cuz it's just a, the it, we have had a, a a a freeze there so just for listeners benefits if you don't mind 
Yeah, I think he works in psychiatry and this can explain that he doesn't have his own accommodation and he, he, uh, he gets rested. Uh, sorry, Dr. Ali, your, 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 line is fro- your, your line is frozen, so we're just going to have to move on for a minute. So if, if you don't mind, um, apologies. We will come back to you once we get that line more stable. Um, maybe, Rory, we should talk. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, go to uh, Dr. Uh, Anamzara next in terms of your own story and uh, again, that question, and we've seen with, you know, Dr. Ansari, the impact on, on people's mental health. And I've seen this, you know, I've written about it hugely in, you know, my own work and, and tried to highlight this, that there's a massive mental health toll on people living in, in insecure housing. And like the contrast between their, you know, they're working so hard, they're contributing and, and this then trying to live this almost alternative life of how do I find housing and how, and how just live in insecurity and just move on with your life. Like every, anybody who's living in insecure housing, it's like it, it swallows you whole in terms of the impact. What, what do you see? And maybe tell us a little bit about your own experience, where you're working and that. Yeah, thank you so much, Rory, for all of this. And thank you for coming up to the mental health point of view, because I'm myself a mental health doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm working as a junior psychiatry doctor in one of the hospitals here in Cork. And um, yes, there are a lot of stories as as of like, as Dr. Lika has mentioned and as Ali has mentioned, we have been suffering and it's not like only us. Most of the doctors community have been suffering when they come over here in Ireland for work and uh, because the hospitals don't come here. Your stop one second. Your line is breaking up too when you're when you're talking. If you want to try start that again, maybe. Okay, I will. Doctor Ali, do you mind just turning off your mic there? I think your one is is coming in. Yeah, that's better there now. Yeah. So if you want to go now again, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Rory, for every for saying all of this and also for coming to the perspective of people's mental health being disturbed when they don't have anywhere to go and sleep and to rest when they are so much um, done with their hectic job routine. I'm myself a mental health doctor. I'm working as a psychiatrist, as a junior psychiatry doctor here in Cork. And uh, this happens the same story with myself when I came back, came from home for the very first time in Ireland. And it's not just us, it's uh, almost every healthcare staff who's uh, suffering from uh, this kind of thing when they, whenever they relocate or whenever they come to one city uh, from back home either or when they have to relocate from one city to another city within Ireland, they have the accommodation crisis and they have the accommodation problems. Um, you can see, as Dr. Ali has already mentioned, he has come back from such a long day of work. And after that, he has to travel one hour and 30 minutes to get back to his friend's house. And what, uh, like this kind of routine, when you don't even find a good bedroom or a good accommodation, then you you are ha- having your mental peace at stake and then when your mental peace is not working well when you are not mentally well then how can you provide a good service to your patients so these are are all the things that we we suffer from and also there are lots there are millions and millions of stories actually so mine one was uh, like that when I tried to find the accommodation for the first time when I came it was a nightmare it was literally a nightmare. And uh, some of my friends told me that she has got some room and because she's coming a month later, so I can get that. So I went to that uh, house. I actually, they were all, they were already the rentals, the people who were giving me another room as a rent. Yeah. So it was like that, but uh, I can't explain in words how, Difficult was it because they would charge you for each and everything apart from rent. They will they asked me to pay hundred euros for electricity, hundred euros for uh, the gas bill, and then so many other things apart yeah. from rent. And the room that I was provided was a box room, which was turned into a bedroom, and it was just literally that small room that there was a single bed mattress. And a door. That's it. 
Yeah. So that was the situation. And then when I ha- had to hunt for my accommodation, I had to try for different property agents or so many areas to go and to view. They were very good initially to uh, let me view different properties. But when it comes to kind of uh, doing an agreement and giving the property or giving the uh, house, uh, it was all only the rejection kind of piece that I got. And at that stage, when you are uh, moving to another state totally, and you are uh, not being supported by the hospital in any way for your accommodation. And after 5 p.m., you know that uh, here everything is closed. So we finish our work at 5 or at 6 so you have uh, you can't do anything in in terms of finding your accommodation as well because yeah. nine five we are working and after five when we are off there is everybody else is also off so yeah. there is nowhere to go at that time so it becomes such kind of vicious cycle that you have to be in that situation so some people have good friends they offer them and it's really good I suppose, but still, it's it's like it's like a homeless kind of situation because you can't depend on anybody when you are working independently and you are giving so much to the hospital. When you are giving your everything, your all, uh, and you are a law-abiding citizen of a country, you must need a place to relax. You must need a place to where you go and eat, cook your your meal, and then sleep well, so that for the next day you are ready to go and work again but it was not the situation and I suppose so many nursing staff there are so many doctors community who come from different different backgrounds and even when like uh, I've been living here for now 11 months but whenever I hear somebody's story I always remind my bad bad time and it really it really really uh, chokes your mental health so I suppose uh, we should be requesting and uh, thank you so much for this kind of platform that we that, that we have got and i suppose that maybe we'll get there hopefully I, so I, that- can, can i come in doctor and just say that it's yeah. I, first of all don't don't thank us for for doing for for actually just having these conversations this is why we do this sort of stuff but i find it isn't it's 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 very disheartening can i ask you on on another level though you know you're here nearly a year other where you've trained you've worked you've probably traveled is this the worst situation accommodation wise of of other places you visited is ireland the worst in terms of accommodation i suppose i i can't do an insight at the moment regarding Mm. but yes very 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 difficult Mm. i would say that but there are some some kind of good stories as well Mm. but there there's like there's very gap, very big gap that's coming in between, like finding accommodation and provision of service and everything. There is a big gap in that we are still like treated as like nothing, mm-hmm. even though we have to pay for the accommodation. We are not asking it for something to be free or anything like that. Obviously. And, and, uh- and, and and I think it's really important we point out not just that, but we point out that the fact that every time, for example, the last time I spoke to Liga, we, last time we spoke, it was because your community rallied behind what happened to your colleague in 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 uh, in Galway, and it is your it is your community that you've built. And Rory, we're looking at a community in front of our eyes here, but it shouldn't need to be absolutely. And, and you know what strikes me is, you know, there's a, there's a huge element of layers of discrimination going on as well that. People who are, you know, reliant on the rental sector, and, um, you know, people from international are, you know, experiencing these levels of discrimination, and you know, the lack of protection of renters in this country is a real, real issue. That you know, property is seen as the landlord's place that they make money from, and tenants aren't looked, and renters aren't looked at as kind of, you know, legitimate rights holders as people who deserve accommodation at a home but again what you're all showing is the fundamental need that you know housing is a the most basic of you know maslow's hierarchy of needs and it is also a basic human right and it, it is why it has to be because they say you know people are been left in these situations which are damaging and leave impacts over time as you know as you've said there on them in terms of you know it, it reminds you of 
of that time. Um, and listen, thank you, uh, Dr. Anam Zara. There, I'm going to go to Dr. Misha Anam next in terms of um, you know, their experience, and maybe you could outline uh, you know, where you're working and um, what your housing experience has been. Yeah, um, thank you uh, for having me. Um, actually, I'm working in Pakistan right now in Children's Hospital Lahore, and uh, um, I'm about to relocate to Ireland. So oh, great. You're coming in from Pakistan. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> You're in um, Pakistan right now. That's fantastic. So as an outsider, I would um, like to highlight the positive things of the island first uh, before great. going into the housing crisis. Um, it's a great opportunity uh, for doctors. The healthcare system is very supporting. Um, and uh, the consultants there, as far as uh, I know, they are um, uh, very helping in uh, your career progression. And uh, the people there are very friendly. I I found them uh, very helping. They go out of their way to um, help you in anything. Uh, like um, my husband is a um, mechanical engineer and um, uh, he also um, um successfully secured a few jobs there congratulations because um, that because 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 that is a difficult thing is 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 key you know people who have partners um have found it very hard sometimes to have family um uh relocation done so so congratulations but i will pull you on one thing you said the people are lovely uh, 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 yeah. Dr. sorry, you'll notice no, you're in Cork. No one in Cork is lovely. We don't like Cork people. Sorry. No. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Do you know, I always say to my friends who are here, there and everywhere, I say I would always feel like Cork is my second home. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm so, no, they're literally so lovely. They're the- and that's just Tony's really bad sense of humor. And, 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 and my wife is from Cork, so there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so no, Misha, I... please, please continue. I'm sorry, I just had to get that in there. Yeah, my experience uh, is from Clonemel, and uh, I found everywhere there um, so friendly and so helping. Uh, but the housing crisis is uh, ruining the experience um, for me. They're like I, I haven't been um, to Ireland yet, but um, it's been two months that I've secured uh, um, the job and I'm searching for the house there. And um, still, I couldn't find any. Um, I'm uh, not alone in this venture. My husband and uh, um, our nine-month-old baby is um, coming with me. So... Uh, staying in the car or in a box room is not an option for me. No. So um, I had to uh, make sure that uh, the shelter, which is the most primary and the important thing, that is um, that is uh, like I, I have to secure that option first. So um, I used my uh, two or three job offers as a leverage um, uh, while offering the um, job for the clone mill. And um, I asked them to extend my, uh, uh, like uh, uh, the tenure to one year and uh, they did. So uh, just because I've heard the stories that after six months, the relocation is very difficult. And uh, you have to move uh, from one countryside to another, even and um, without the security of uh, shelter there. So um, even securing a contract of one year was not enough. And uh, I still am not able to secure um, the house there or find any BNB. There is no BNB actually um, in the clone mill. Uh, there is uh, just one hotel which is fully booked. And um, I'm totally relying on rental place and uh, I'm still not able to find any. Um, The hospital is, however, um, very supportive in so many other things. But uh, uh, for the housing crisis, uh, they are not helping much. And uh, I'm like on my own. Uh, So if the visa arrives and uh, um, I won't be able to join the like my post there, so it is very stressful. It's a mix of excitement and uh, uh, trepidation um, right now. And um, like it, it's the housing crisis is for real. That, that's incredible. Incredible. Can I, can, can I, can I just, ask you a question, Rory? Just you. Yeah. You've you you know the situation. We we need to attract medical professionals and doctors. And here we are hearing that story. How do you feel as someone who's talked about this for over a decade? It's just, it's beyond frustrating. And, and 
you know, I, I've warned about this for years that this was coming, that, you know, a housing crisis that was going to lead to a point where it stopped our economy and society functioning if it wasn't tackled. And they didn't tackle it. And um, it's incredible to hear now that we have someone who is a doctor who is in a position to take up a post will not be able to take up that post because they can't find accommodation. And so we have vital health care that won't be delivered and isn't being delivered to people who need it because of our housing situation. And I think what strikes me, um, Dr. Annam, is you saying the hospital won't, and that strikes me for all of you, that the hospitals aren't taking a role in this, that clearly they should. Have you asked them, would you try find us accommodation? Yes, um, yes I did. Um, because, um, uh, as I said, I, it's uh, it's been two months that I'm uh, struggling to find uh, um, a rental place there. So uh, they are aware of the situation and um, the situation is uh, kind of daunting that um, uh, they are uh, supportive in other ways, but they uh, they cannot help me um, while finding a house there. Like they don't even have a portal or uh, they don't even assist uh, in finding the place. Like they can they cannot even provide an assistance or any help. There, because um, in, in other countries, I've um, I've noticed that I have friends and family in so many other countries in US and UK. Um, the hospitals often um, have their own hostels or on uh, um, just for the emergency landing uh, of the inter- international employees um, for a month or two uh, until they figure out their own ways. Uh, but uh, in Ireland, it's uh, it's not quite that situation. And yeah. it is kind of frustrating being uh, um, that miles away um, for the uncertainty is uh, is um, very frustrating. Yeah, it it seems to me, and I know Dr. Raymond, you want to come in and then I want to get in Dr. Uh, Kashif Hussein as well, who's also joined us. Um, that, you know, the the issue is that the issue is not that there's not places to rent here because we have 166,000 vacant homes which could be used. And there's also tens of thousands being used as Airbnb. So there has to be a responsibility on our government and our health system to actually ensure that the workers it needs have accommodation. And I think that's very clear coming out of this. Dr. Raman, you want to come in there? Yeah, one comment uh, I want to make that uh, uh, Dr. Misha might not have mentioned, scam. So people are being scammed. Yeah. So yeah. she was also being scammed and she contacted me and I said, no, this is a scam. So she was being offered, I think, 3,000 or I don't know, three-bedroom house, something uh, in Clonmel. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the people, you know, also get scammed as well. And they put paid the money from outside overseas just to get the frustration of accommodation. And then literally they come to know that they have been scammed. That's, uh, yeah. and I, can I ask, one, say one thing on that as well? Again, I, I know you're con- uh, we're conscious of time and I see Dr. Uh, Hassan has joined as well. He was involved in the uh, campaign to get the Stamp 4 situation resolved. But there was also a scam goes on there whereby we asked people to pay where companies set up Rory to, to pay for bookings. So, you know, a third party sets up to say, we'll book your appointment for you because you have to go to work and we'll charge you, I think, this. And 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 this went on and doctors are, are forced because they have to work all of these ungodly hours. Yeah. They're working to, they're they're forced to pay these these wages. It's it's absolutely insane. So yeah, apologies. No, it it's just yeah. I'll go to Doctor Hassan now. Maybe you want to uh, thank you, Doctor Anna. And we'll come back to you. Um, because I think you know coming out of this podcast, I think there should be a very clear. Um, there's a number of things coming out to me striking, like the fact that we have doctors sleeping in cars and in hidden homelessness, and we have doctors not being able to take up as posts because of the lack of housing, requires an emergency response from the government and the health system, and hospitals have to take responsibility as well, um, I think, in this. Dr. Usan, do you want to, welcome to, to the podcast as well. Do you want to give your experience? Yeah, thank you, and good evening, everyone. So, uh, first of all, I want to say you th- thank you for uh, letting me join this meeting and to share my experience. So, As uh, we said, uh, it's a protest rally at this point. We have so many here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I also uh, don't have a good experience like in recent past, like my other colleagues. Uh, so uh, actually, I'm working in Vexogena Hospital from last more than two years. And uh, so oh, what's your I area? Appeared, uh, Vexogena Hospital. No, I mean, in, within the, the health system, like your role. 
like yeah. pediatrics. Yes, pediatric. As a as a pediatric. Oh, is, is this a pediatric party here to see? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it is they just don't want to give housing to pediatric doctors? Is that it? <laughs> because, uh, I don't know. But, oh no, no, uh, Anna, Adam Zara's mental health. Remember that. Psychiatric. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need okay. psychiatrics in Ireland. We're all very sane here. Yes, yes. So uh, I have been working here in Wexford General Hospital as a pediatric registrar. So it's been uh, more than two years. So like I cleared my membership exam last year. And uh, so uh, actually Wexford General Hospital is recognized for one year training as an alternative pathway to become a consultant. So it was a time to move to the next hospital for career progression. And uh, fortunately, I secured a place of pediatric registrar in Portlaoise Hospital from July 2023, and I was selected, I think, in um, start of the April. And uh, since the start of the April, I was trying l- literally very hard to get the accommodation and uh, to get the schooling of uh, for my two daughters. Uh, but unfortunately, generally, there is uh, I could not find any option, and uh, I think the daft any any property on the daft is just is just advertisement, and uh, most of them they are not responding to e- emails, and the people who are responding like they are saying there are hundreds of emails we are receiving for the same properties, and I am not sure you will get this one or we we might not able be uh, to call you for the viewing as well. So, so they are, are excusing and apologizing, apologizing. So that is the situation. And uh, so at the end, like uh, I was trying, I was invo- involving my other colleagues to get the accommodation or people who are leaving, but everyone has their own settlement. And uh, there are only very few options left uh, uh, for the accommodation. Mm-hmm. And uh, like at the end, I ended up with uh, uh, with the quitting my job uh, offer at Polish Hospital. And uh, I declined the offer ultimately uh, two weeks back because I could not find any accommodation for myself and I could not find the schooling for my daughters as well. That's mad. And uh, I, I I had to continue my job in Wexford Hospital. And, uh, and generally, there is no point continuing because it, this period will not be counted in my career progression. And there is no benefit continuing here. But uh, I have left with no other option. And uh, fortunately, I had a, uh, like I worked here, uh, like uh, I had a good uh, uh, relationship with my Vaxogen um, uh, Hospital colleagues and they, and they agreed to continue my, my contract for further six months. If it was not the option, I was sitting home without the job. And I also would like to share my experience. Like uh, I, uh, there was one share house in the Polish hospital that was uh, one lady who was sharing the house. She told that I live in the home in the house as well with my two daughters, and I am renting four rooms that is located on the first on the second floor, and I live on the first floor. And uh, I was amazed to, uh, after discussion with her, that she mentioned that there is only one bathroom for all the people who are living in that home. There are four people who will be renting there, and the owner and two daughters, mm-hmm. and only one washroom that is located on the first floor for all the house. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, there must be a very long queue at 8 a.m. when everyone want to go home uh, at work. What, what, <laughs> what age are your daughters? So my I have one uh, 10 years old and four and a half years old. Okay, I have two teenage daughters. I, I can't get to the bathroom. I get to the bathroom once a week. So it's just, <laughs> there's no, no, it's just, it's just insanity. And I'm sorry to make a joke of it, but my God, that's Rory. Yeah, that's come just, on. I, I was literally amazed, like who are the people living there? Like she said, I am renting four rooms on my second floor and I am living on the first floor with my two daughters. And actually uh, the uh, toilet and the upstairs is not working. So we use that area just for the bath and the, uh, the toilet, which is located on the first floor, we use all the house using the same toilet <laughs> and, which, and, which and, awesome. and you know it's also hard for children as well you know young yes, children yes. sharing a bathroom with strangers yeah. that's not sharing but like you know it's it's yes. um, it's another and, thing and that strikes me across all of you as well you know in your you know pediatricians and, and mental health is the impact on children of all of this you know the relocation yes, yes. and 
the insecurity, the stress that you're under mm-hmm. and how that impacts on children. How do you see that? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, uh, definitely they cannot live in, in that situation and it is uh, putting up uh, much like uh, like mental health illness to the children who was who are having a growing brain and uh, so uh, like it it was amazing like uh, and uh, she offered me a rent of 800 for the for the single room and all hosts will be sharing the same toilet and and the most funny thing is that when i called the next day and the room was gone like she said someone scared the place and fortunately i cannot give you so <laughs> this is the situation and i yes. i also would like to share my schooling experience like i have applied all the schools that are located in the poorly territory Mm. And I have a document in my hands. So, I, like, not a single school has a place for my daughters. And I have a letter in my hands. Like, they are sending me the letters. So, they put my daughter on a number of forty-two, and the yeah. second letter they put my daughter on a number of thirty-two. So, forty-two means that it's very hard to get the to secure a place even the next year. What they mean yeah. is they want forty-two people to effectively cancel. No, um, forty-two waiting list. Yes, yes. So she's on the foot. So, yeah, she's like so. So if the school is full, forty-two people who are accepted have to have to say they're not going in order yes. for your daughter to get in. So that's just that's just mad. I can I, I, I sorry, Doctor Leek. I want to come to you really briefly if you don't mind, because I remember not so long ago you were offered a job in a, in another in another country to 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 carry on your work, and um, you proudly. Ha- you you dressed your kids in Irish rugby jerseys and you said I'm here I'm Irish and I'm I'm here to my God uh, how did why did you stay <laughs> thank thank you Tony um, yes you are right uh, I was offered a job in New Zealand my wife is from New Zealand and my children are born over there and the UK as well uh, but I wanted to break that uh, storm of uh, brain drain because everyone was living at that time. And I didn't want to leave just to, you know, sort the problems and highlight the problems and to get the solutions for that. And uh, I feel very sorry that the system will collapse during the COVID time if people leave like that. But uh, unfortunately, I tell you from my perspective, my uh, child is very sick. I don't have a GP in Dublin. I tried everywhere to get a GP. It's been it's been near to an year now. I don't have a GP. Doctor doesn't have a GP. Wherever I call, they don't have a place for me very unfortunate very very unfortunate and uh, the system is broken in every perspective when you change the place from one place to another place you have to go through a series of shocks uh, that are that are linked to your accommodation no sc- school for your children i'm homeschooling my child because my child has never been to school because every six months one year i have to change that uh, place and my child, uh, when land, there's no place for my child's school. So my child doesn't have a GP. I don't have a GP. So this is the situation, unfortunately, uh, for the healthcare workers in this country. And the solutions are there. They, they can fix it, but they don't put any attention on, on, on these things. And But surely, again, the question is like we say, <laughs> excuse me, they see this. They know this. The hospitals know it. Why are they not taking action on this? Like, regardless, we know our our, our government and politicians, uh, the government say that they're taking action, but they really only want to take a certain amount of action and don't want to disturb the market too much because there's so many landlords and investors that are their funders and lobbyers um, make money from this situation that they don't want to tackle them. And, and But at a hospital level, why are hospitals and the HSE not taking more action on this? Uh, it's a very good question, Rory. Uh, I tell you that uh, because uh, they have a pool of doctors from different countries. So if anyone has a trouble or problem, either they leave this country and they replace it with another one. So they are fixing their own stuff. They, they need employees and they get employees in this way. But they know if this doctor goes, we'll get another one. We'll get another one. We'll get another one. And this is the vicious cycle that is going on. So the trigger that, you know, um, the actual uh, people, authorities would that can force the hospital and HSC, these are the politicians, the government. They don't, uh, the, the hospitals and the HSC, they don't uh, even take um, 
a little step uh, even um, in the right direction without the pressure of the government and the politician. This is very sure because they don't put any attention to all for anything. Even you put a heat, you you stress them out, you, you tell them that this is a problem. They don't listen to you at all. And they know that you have to leave after six months. So they don't care. But but they they are like it's yes you say there's more doctors coming and they'll replace them but they do have many consultant posts which remain unfilled. Yeah, the, the, this is not actually their problem basically. So they need a modern modern day modern slavery modern day slavery. I will say that. So they're taking the work uh, from the employees uh, in a way that they are able to manage. So the posts are vacant. They are not offering posts to anyone. They're just hiring locums or some somewhere else. So they are managing in this way. That's why the, there's a waiting list. I broke my knee uh, and it's been years I didn't get an appointment. So far, I'm on the waiting list. So this is my condition, I'm telling you. I don't have a GP. So, Dr. Leek, again, okay, obviously the word slavery is is very evocative. It makes people think of different Im- images. But we have spoken on this podcast about, and Rory, you referred earlier to discrimination. And there's certainly discrimination. The, all of these people sitting here today, uh, uh, Dr. Hussain, you've, you've told us you couldn't go for a position as a consultant because the system literally barred you from access to it. I know from speaking to other other doctors, particularly from a migrant background, that they've found it very difficult because they there many of them don't don't have don't have the same uh career opportunities given to them. And we know this. And yet I'm sorry uh, but 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 like you know uh Misha has talked about the fact that she wants to come here and 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 give her talents to our, our health service. Can I can I ask Maybe I don't know. Uh, like I'd, I'd like to hear from either Misha or Anum on this, if if you don't mind. Yeah. Do, sure. do you believe that you know what we've just talked about for the last hour? If we if housing was resolved, we could ta- we could tackle the other issues. Is housing at the as is the co- the core thing that's really blocking a, a, a better health service? It is one of the many things, um, but. Primarily, it is the basic uh, need, I would say, that um, should be addressed at first. And um, I would like to add that it is not the only the problem of uh, doctors or uh, um, the outcomers. Uh, it is also uh, the problem of the locals as well, uh, yeah. because um, I've talked to so many people who <clears throat> do not own a house in Ireland, and they are facing the same problem. And uh, the real estate agents as well, they are leaving the profession because they don't have any property to rent. So um, this is um, affecting the society um, as well on uh, multiple levels. So, um, and um, I would additionally um, like to thank Dr. Likar. Um, he saved me from scams so many times. Like um, um, I was uh, um, offered a house at a reasonable price, I would say. Um, and uh, I believed it because the house was uh, well renovated from the inside. <clears throat> but um, um, Dr. Lika said that um, he in- interrogated um, on his own and uh, figured out that uh, the house was in bad con- condition and uh, uh, would collapse any minute. So mm. I had to that offer so uh scam is another thing it's terrible it's and it shouldn't be happening and and you shouldn't need to re- rely on that but i know um, the same question to you around housing um and and yeah. and the block it is to actually helping resolve some many of the issues in our health service yeah i suppose if um uh, there are two basic things that a human being need if i come to very 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 basic level and one of them is a job and the second is a house. So uh, we are doctors, obviously. So and the system need us. We come here, we land a job. And even in if one city, not the other city, we will we will be getting a job. But the second necessity is still vacant. So we can't get any kind of accommodation. So I suppose if and if accommodation issues would be sorted out at least a little bit better, the situation can become. Because at the moment it's it's really really big headache. 
for every doctor. And I have one friend, she declined the job of a registrar. So registrar is the uh, what just the job that's below the consultant level. So she declined that job because she would say that if I go to that city, I won't be having a house or a room to rent. So and she's still uh, staying on the same lower grade of job because of the accommodation crisis. So that's this is the thing. We can't even see about progression in a, in our career because of accommodation. So I think it's the basic necessity. And if if it uh, I hope if it will be sorted out, at least we'll get there. Yeah. To focus on the other aspects, to focus on the other things. But now we are unable to even focus on other things. And also the GP. Uh, I've been here for so long, I don't have a GP yet. And uh, for my own physical health and for my own things, I either have to, uh, when I visit, go home, I'm planning that I will get my tests done by them. So it's just because there is a long waiting list for GPs. So this this is the second problem. Thankfully, Lika has said, and now I remember that that was also for me. And now because I'm more focused on the accommodation and the other problems, mm. I've totally forgotten that. So yeah, this is the situation. Yeah, it, it it's really it is crisis point. It's emergency, and, and you know it's incredible when you talk about the basic necessities of you know a job and accommodation and health care is you know they're they're all intertwined and. Of course, you know, the housing crisis itself is impacting on health in terms of people's mental health, which requires greater need for mental health services and physical health as well in terms of poor housing conditions and then children in terms of impact on them and the longer term impact and requirements. It's a it's a really, you know, it's a narrow problem in this country is we have taken this really narrow short term view on, on you know, responding to crisis and never taking a long term view that and even this money, we have billions in a budget surplus that they're going to put in this fund, which will be some rainy day be used. And you're going, no, we need infrastructure. We need schools, housing. <laughs> I, I'm, pretty sure doctor, I'm pretty sure Dr. Ansari is, is, is suffering a rainy day today. Well, exactly. He's, uh, he, he's in his, uh, his ship at the moment. His, mm. um, I hope it's not the Titanic, but it's uh, oh, his, his, no, his arc at the moment. Last yeah. word to you. Dr. Ansari, um, before we finish, if you were speaking to uh, the Minister for Health or Minister for Housing, what would you say to them? Well, thanks. Uh, well, actually, to be honest, uh, you have heard thousands of stories already. Uh, the situation at the minute is very frustrated and agony. There is lots of frustration going on at the minute. It's not just the doctors that are suffering. It's oh. It's the people of Ireland that are suffering also. I've seen people, uh, I've seen children who have tonsillitis and like they have to be, their tonsils needs to be removed and they are on the waiting list for two years and I've seen them suffering with their breathing and they're waiting for two years. That's such a long waiting list. I have seen my friends doesn't have GPs and I have seen their children's uh diagnosis is being missed because they don't have a gp i'm a gp trainee i don't have a gp can you imagine that and i asked my friend do you have a gp and she's an old gp trainee and she said oh i don't have a gp either and to be honest it's it's not just the doctors that are suffering it's it's the people of ireland that are suffering it's the people of ireland that were paying a huge money as a taxes and the government has to prioritize to be honest with you that what they are going to do and what they are supposed to do um uh, i don't know what they are doing but they have to think about this is an emergency situation to retain the doctors in ireland the people come here they 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 get a year or two service here they learn and then they leave the country me and lika are working on this and to to stop this brain brain drain from ireland for the last couple of years even more than that but still like this issue is something that is out of our control landlords are just getting crazy and they are doing whatever they want they uh 
uh, I know a friend of mine who came from Pakistan and he was asked to pay 1500 rent and 1500 advance and he didn't have a money. I can't, I can't explain that situation. The only solution that I can give at the moment is to build houses inside the hospital. I would request thousand times. There are, I know many countries are doing this. There is plenty of land inside your hospitals. The only solution I would again say, please think about it. Please stop doctors leaving the country. We are struggling really hard to stay here in Ireland. And we want to, we want to. I'm, I have got a GP training scheme. I, I, don't, I don't want to go back. I don't want to move to any other country. I love Ireland. I love everything here. I love the people of Ireland. And I want, I, I, I really want the people of Ireland should get their health facilities as early as they possible. They're paying the rents. It's not just the government that, it, mm. it's, it's the people's money and it should be spent on people, you know. So this is, a, there are, I, I know I uh, plenty of all the parallel health system that you see there are inside the hospital there are accommodations that have been made by the government and the hsc should, and there are solutions but they have to they have to act upon it you know so yeah uh, thank you thank yeah, you doctor. otherwise it's it's, it's it's terrible you know yeah it really is and, and you know i see it in your face you know in in your body language the, the you know just the, the sadness of it, the, the impact, the weight of it. And it's not right. It's not right when it's not like something that, you know, it's it's can be done. We can build houses. We can provide them. It just means stop the exploitation, as you say, you know, by landlords and by our own health system. This is public. You know, this is this is public money, public and, investment. And there is one other solution that I, 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 I go. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I still have, I was, I still want to say that if they are like afraid, like they, they can ask the doctors that, that, that we, are, we are happy to pay whatever the running expenses of the accommodation inside the hospital, like we'll be happy to pay the, the, the whatever the suitable. Uh, whatever yeah, the I, I know that, 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 that you know? shouldn't be the case. I want to make one final point. Uh, one of my good friends for many, many years is a GP but she's a GP to doctors in the Spanish health system. Because when you become a doctor in the Spanish health system, they're a doctor, you have a GP assigned from someone within the, the system. There's a really easy thing we could do, Rory, really quickly, you know? Absolutely. And I do think there's a real issue of the hospitals themselves. And, and just like, you know, the Googles and the big corporations rent you know, a number of properties to ensure their workers have have properties. The health system needs to look at this and um, renting, you know, properties as well and paying that. And that's something you could do quickly. And I know the, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organization have put a proposal and met the Minister for Health and Housing looking for specific housing to be provided for healthcare workers. And I think that Doctors, you know, I, I put it there that, you know, perhaps doing a report that would capture these experiences and highlighting that when, when the TDs and the doll come back in September, I think would be very powerful because a report coming from doctors about this, it, like it, it's been there, but it's missing in, in a sort of a way that brings it together solidly and puts it to them. So we hope to uh, we'll support you in working on that and uh, uh, get this message out there. And listen, it's been a. It's been a long podcast and it's been really great to, to, to hear the stories. Not great in the sense of um, the difficulties of it, but it's really, as Tony said, this is what we try to do. Give people a space to to tell the stories because it's not um, it's not covered enough and it's not given enough um, coverage. And with the, you know, this housing is a human right and health is too. And so, listen, thank you, everyone, for coming on the podcast today. Um, and telling your stories and hopefully we'll talk to you again um, soon and we will do what we can in terms of trying to support support this really really important issue and I, I just want to say it's, uh, really like Aaron, Dr Ali I know you organised this Dr Liga um, we came into contact a few years ago you've uh, you've, you've made my you've made my, my you've broadened my life in terms of this thing and I love the fact that we're able to do that so don't ever thank us for giving us your or sharing the platform it's very much open to all of you your community your friends your family it's open to you guys because you've always been 
people who we welcome here and you say you want to stay here I, well I, I want you to be my my brothers sisters colleagues and friends and that's the way I think it should be so apart from Cork I can't get over it Annam I just can't <laughs> get it she's going to kill me <laughs> um, but, but I think I, you are having the biggest rivalry with the court within the court <laughs> and also within your home yes yeah, so I'll go downstairs <laughs> and, this is this this is the secret of an unhappy marriage I'm joking uh, but thank you so much to Dr. Dr. Ali, uh, uh, Dr. Hassan, Dr. Anam, I hope you do come to Ireland. We'd love to. We'd love to see you. And Dr. Rachman, as usual, uh, again, I know you've put a lot of work over this. And I and can I say personally, I know you've spoken about it. I hope I'm glad to hear your son is recovering, and I hope I hope things are going well there as well. So thank you so much for that. And Rory, thank you for your your hosting tonight. Absolutely, thank you so much, and we'll thank talk you to so you all much, soon. Thank you so much, and thank you, Rory. So we leave it there, folks. Take care. Bye bye.